Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Help me welcome all of our locations and everyone watching online right now. We want to welcome you to the experience. We are so glad uh, that you chose to put God first and spend time in God's house on this first Sunday of the year. How many of you are excited about this year? It's going to be a... It it really is. We really believe that this year is going to be a banner year. And uh, you know, our church turns 20 years old this coming fall. How about that? Can we give God a a big hand for that? And uh, I believe it's going to be a banner year for you, a banner year for our church. And I'm going to talk about that in just a few moments, but just a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. I'll be speaking next Sunday. And of course, uh, after next Sunday, the following Monday, uh, we kick off our season of awakening, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. And uh, we have lots of info for you on the website. And there's so many different ways you can fast. You know, a lot of people do like vegan or vegetarian uh, with protein drinks. Some people like do two or three days a week of juices. There's so many ways that you can fast. And we give you biblical examples and all that. But we really uh, do ask you to, to pray and please participate because I really believe that this year you can see the hand of God move in your life like never before. And uh, the series and what we're kicking off today, what I'm gonna be talking about uh, over this month, I'm gonna do my very best to position you for that in 2018. It's gonna be a great year. And then I do wanna uh, just qualify something and address something about our awakening revival that's always the last three days of the fast. So it's, you know, we fast, we pray, man, God does so many miracles, and then those last three nights are really, really powerful. You'll notice this year that we're, we're charging uh, for the tickets for the revival, and I wanna tell you why we're doing this, and I'm very, very conscious of any time that we would charge money for people to come and hear the gospel and, and get free and, and those kind of things. But in the past, many of you who have been here know this, that on our big events, you know, sometimes Christmas Eve or awakening nights when we have in special guests, we've done two ways. We've done it where, okay, it's just, you know, it's just open and whoever can get in here and fit in the building, uh, that's who gets in. Well, we've, we've caused some real problems <laughs> doing that. Um, it's not safe. We've had auto accidents. They actually had to shut down 295 uh, before for a period of time. We've had people that like, they left their house at five o'clock. It, it, it took them over two hours to get here because of the lines and then they didn't get in. Like it was, um, it was really kind of irresponsible the way that we did it. So then we said, okay, we're gonna start doing these free tickets. Okay, so you just, get, it's, it's a ticket, but at least now we can get some kind of stability in the crowds. Well, what happened was we would do free tickets and we would even kind of overdo knowing that some people 
uh, would not show up, something would come up, something like that. Um, so we would sell out of tickets, the free tickets, and um, then we would start, you know, telling people no, turning people away, and th that kind of stuff. And then the night of the event, like 30% of the people wouldn't show. So we would have all these empty seats. So what we're doing this year in charging for tickets is we wanna give you a great, safe experience. We don't wanna cause any kind of hassle or traffic issues. We need to know how many policemen to get, all that kind of stuff. And so in order to be responsible and provide a safe uh, a event, that's why we're charging for the tickets. They're like $15. Now listen, <clears throat> even though I know you're gonna spend $150 to go to a sporting event and all that, if, I'm just kidding, ha ha, you'll laugh, ha ha. Okay, listen. Hey, y'all are at church instead of the Jags game, so give yourselves a hand for that. By the way, y'all know who to thank for the Jags being in the playoffs, right? Well, thank, thank God and then thank me for praying Leonard Fournette into this team. All right, and by the way, I'm, 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 I'm supporting the team uh, today. It's gonna be, gonna be a great day for the Jags. But um, so I think the tickets are $15 a piece. If you have a family or if that, if you like, man, I really wanna come or I, I, I can afford three tickets, but I have five people. Listen, if you call our church, our benevolent department, we're, we're glad uh, to pay for your tickets or, or buy your tickets for you. The, the price is not, to, is not meant to prohibit people from coming that really wanna come. Um, it's, uh, hopefully it does just the opposite, that you so wanna come and you so wanna touch from God that you're glad to believe God for that ticket money or whatever it is and, and pay that ticket price. All the proceeds go to outreach and, and missions, okay? And so that, do y'all feel my heart and what we're, that's, that's why there's, I would love it if we could come up with a way. It, it will be broadcast to the campuses, all that's free. It's just priority seating. If there are seat, seats left and we get the day, uh, B uh, b before the revival, we'll open up a select number of seats for free seating. But we haven't advertised to the city yet, okay? So we're making it available for you guys because we really want our church uh, to be there. But it it's gonna be a great, great time. And uh, is everybody feeling that's, that's what's going on with the tickets? We, we just want people to have a good experience. We don't wanna do what we've done in the past, which is really create some, some very chaotic, unsafe, uh, scenarios. I see several of you nodding. Yes, yes, I'll gladly pay the 15 bucks or whatever. But we'll help you out if you need help with that. Amen? Awesome. Are y'all ready to get in the, the Word today? Ready? To... All right. We are gonna get into the Word, and I'm excited about kicking off this, uh, this, this series called All In, and then the theme for this year is called Banner Year. I really believe that it's gonna be a banner year for you and that if you position yourself correctly, you'll see God's hand move like never before in your life. And I think that we can get it off to a great start, a very powerful start uh, in January as we kick it off with the season of prayer and fasting coming up. Uh, so I'm gonna talk to you about banner year. Let's pray and we'll, uh, we'll get into this first message of our All In series. Father, we just... Come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. I just thank you for your word, God. Lord, as we unpack what it means to raise you as our banner, God, I pray that you do something powerful in our lives, God. 
We are going to raise the banner of Jesus this year. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I think most of us are familiar with the concept of what we call raising a banner or a banner year. The easiest way to think about it is think about your favorite sports team, okay? Or think about, come on, the Jags playing today, okay? So, so when you think about a banner year for any sports team or anything like that, what does that mean? That means that in, in a certain year, they accomplished something outstanding. So let's say that the Jags are the AFC champions. Okay, how about that? Yeah, Jags, we're not gonna go too far. We're not gonna, go too, we're not gonna talk about the Super Bowl. We're not gonna jinx it. Let's just... So, so here's, here's, what Jackson, here's what the Jags would do, I'm sure, in their stadium, just like your college teams or stadiums, football or basketball, what they'll do is they will raise a banner. You know, they'll put a banner up there, a, a big billboard or whatever it is in the stadium, and it'll say Jacksonville Jaguars, AFC champions, you know, 2017, 2018 season. What, is that, what does that banner do? That banner celebrates the outstanding year that they had, right? But what does it also do for all of the future teams and even the fan bases and whatever that come into that stadium? It kind of sets the standard, doesn't it? That this is what we're about, that we're about excellence, that we're about, uh, you know, we're about excellence, that we're about winning. And that's why, you know, if you go into some sports teams or you go into, you know, some, some uh, different colleges and things like that, you see all the banners, you see all the championships and you're like, wow, man, this is, look at, look, this is a, this is a serious team right here. And every time any team has a banner raised, to commemorate an outstanding or championship year, the individuals of that team had to be all in to make that happen. You follow me? In fact, look, this came out, I wanna let you know that the Jags have copied our sermon series for January. Look what came out on the news. Look what they just did. Look at that. Now, I know some of the people from that station attend Celebration Church. I bet you they were in the 930 service. Come on, they know where the favor is. But look, but, but, but seriously, all right, we can get the Holy Spirit back. Put, put that, take that off. <laughs> but, 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 but seriously, when you think about this, when we're talking about, okay, if we're gonna have a banner year, watch. If you're gonna have a banner year, banner year, you're gonna have to be all in. And I believe this year, if you will really raise the banner of Jesus over your life, I'm telling you, you will look back at the end of 2018 and you will say, wow, what a banner year. Look at all that God has done. God accomplished a championship season in my life. And what does that do? You know, when you raise, when you have a banner, you know, it's, it's, it's a rallying point. It's, it's loyalty. This is what we're loyal to. This is what we believe in. And surprisingly, all throughout the Bible, there's this concept that the Lord is our banner. It's all over the Bible. In fact, God even has a, a name that was ascribed to him that we'll look at in a little bit where he's called Jehovah Nissi or the Lord, our banner. Look at some of these scriptures right here. Look at Psalm 64, look. But you have raised a banner for those who fear you. I like this. A rallying point in the face of attack. How many of you will agree you're gonna face some challenges in 2018? Yeah. 
You're going to face some attacks in 2018. Can I tell you, you have a rallying point, and that is the banner of Jesus over your life. And if you will learn how to raise that banner, how to lift that banner, I'm telling you, God will give you the victory every single time. Because guess what? God's undefeated. I don't know if you've heard this, but God's a winner. In fact, fact, God usually wins like it's usually a blowout. You know what I'm saying? Look at this scripture. Oh, I love this. This is my prayer for you in 2018. Look at this. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. My prayer for you in 2018, watch. I'm gonna show you practically how to do this. As you raise the banner of the Lord over your life, may the Lord answer all of your prayers. He's gonna answer all of your prayers in 2018. He's gonna get the glory for all of the miraculous things he's gonna do in your life in 2018. Some of you have been down. Some of you, listen, some of you 2017, man, it was, it was crud. Gotta be careful what you word. You know, here's the great thing about God. God is always into the new thing. He's always, aren't you glad that the Lord's mercies are new every single morning? Look, come on, let's leave some of that stuff behind in 2017. Let's leave a bunch of that stuff back in 2017 and let's make this year a year 2018. We're gonna lift the banner of the Lord over our lives and the things that we have been defeated at, we're gonna see victory in Jesus' name. Come on. May the Lord answer all of your prayers. Look at this next one here. It says, in that day, the heir to David's throne. So this is Jesus. Jesus will be a banner of salvation to all the world. I love this. The nations will rally to him. Here's our banner. The nations will rally to him and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. Aren't you glad that as a new covenant believer, Jesus lives on the inside of you? The glory of God is on the inside of you. The banner of the Lord goes with you wherever you go. You just need to learn how to lift it up. You just need to learn how to lift it up. How many of you wanna know how to lift up the banner of the Lord in your life? Ready? So let's look at this. So we're gonna go, we're gonna go to where this all started, okay? So we're gonna go back to Exodus. Genesis, Exodus. Come on, if you actually brought a, you know, one of those old school like Bibles with pages. You know, and you just started living for God. Come on, I remember when I just started living for God. You take me to, if it's a, the preacher's talking out of Genesis or Exodus, I got that one. That's like right at the front. You know what I'm saying? I, I can get that one. Or Revelations, I know that's at the end, but that's scary. The preacher didn't talk about that much. This is right at the beginning here. So here's what's going on here. God has used Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he's bringing them towards the promised land, okay? As Israel is headed to the promised land, they're gonna encounter this group of people called the Amalekites. 
Now let me explain to you a little bit about the Amalekites and let me bring some context for how the world was in antiquity because it was so different from the world that we live in today, especially if you're like new to reading the Bible, you read some of these things and it's, it, it, it's hard to understand, okay? Well, the Bible tells us, when I'm talking about antiquity, there's, there's the time before the flood and then there's the time right after the flood all the way up until really kind of the throne of, of David and then uh, things kind of start changing and, and, and different things like that. But the time before the flood, okay, there was hardly any veil between the natural and the supernatural, okay? So you see in the beginning when Adam and Eve sin, right? I mean, there's the, there's the garden right there. It's God walking through there. There's angels all over the place. They sin, okay? There's these huge cherubim guarding the tree of life. Adam and Eve roll out of there, and it's like people are what? They're living to like 800, 900 years old, like Enoch's taken up to heaven. There's these Nephilim. There's, a, there's these fallen angels that come down and, 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 and habitate with women, and they produce this offspring, the Nephilim, that's like this hybrid giant. There's all kind of sin going on. It's like, it's like it's hard to understand with the world that we live in now because the world that we live in now, the veil is so thick. It is a thick veil between the natural and the supernatural. Back then, it wasn't, okay? These fallen angels and sinful man, these fallen angels taught man all types of wickedness, all types of stuff. This is why, it, it, what we're gonna see here, human sacrifice, all types of sexual perversion, all types of things. That's why when God finally gives them the law and he spells out all these commandments to Israel, he has to say things like, don't sacrifice your newborn children in the fire. Don't burn your babies. How many of you know as human beings, we just don't kind of naturally default to burning our offspring in the fire? Do you see? God has to tell them, don't have sex with animals. How many of you know as human beings, we just don't naturally, hey man, this cow looks good. We just don't naturally. I'm sorry, was that bad? What I'm saying is, this is what I'm saying is, humans were taught these things. And with fallen angels and demons, watch, with fallen angels and demons in this world where the veil was very thin, human sacrifice was everything. It was everything. That's when God started his sacrificial system, he did it with animals. Now they had some animal sacrifice, but most of these nations, you're gonna see the Amalekites here, these nations that were established. By this time, the Amalekites, this is after the flood, so it is better, but these nations that learned all these practices, like the Amalekites, Amalek was Esau's grandson, but he married Timnah the Horite. The Horite was a tribe, the Horites were a tribe from around the mountain of Seir, very near Sodom and Gomorrah. So all of their practices, very, very deviant sexual behavior. So the Amalekites, this string with Amalek and Timnah, hundreds and hundreds of years of human sacrifice, of worshiping demons, of, 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 of demons possessing them, of all kind of sexual deviance. And now, 
God is leading the children of Israel out. And here are the Amalekites that Satan is using as his first line of defense in one of the initial battles uh, in the war that started in Genesis 3, 16, when God said, when he talked about the curse, you know, Adam, Eve, and the serpent, and he, one of the curses was, or one of the things that's gonna happen is there's gonna be war between the serpent's seed and the woman's seed. Which, by the way, when we get into the end time series, in a few weeks, Revelation, the tribulation, is just the final battle in this war that's been going on since Genesis 3.16, and that's the woman's seed who was Adam. And of course, thank God, Jesus was the second Adam. Amen? But the war of the seeds, the, 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 the tribulation, the end times, that's just kind of the final battle in this very long war, watch, between man and Satan. So Satan is after us. I'm gonna get into this in the end time series and all that kind of stuff. A lot of times we think we're fighting for God. We're not fighting for God. God's fighting for us. Jesus came to save us. God didn't need saving. God's just fine. Everybody got that? God's not worried. God's not at war in the sense, oh my gosh, I'm at war. No, God could have just like closed the door to this section of the universe. He would have been all, he would, he'd be just fine. But you know what? Thank God he sent Jesus and he loves man and the Lord is fighting for us. Is this too much for y'all on a Sunday? Okay. So, so this is why this is important because when you go through this, this scene in Exodus, and then later on when they, when they come into the promised land, these, these tribes like the Amalekites, and there's some others in there, there's the Anakites, they all had giants, they all had this demon worship, sexual deviance, bestiality, human sacrifice. In fact, the Amalekites, their god uh, was Molech. So this demon god, um, the very idols of Molech had a furnace in the bottom of the idol. You can research this. I don't recommend it. You know, not like, you know, happy reading, but, but had a furnace in the bottom of the idol. So basically I could say this, when they went to church on Sunday, that's what they were doing. They were coming to worship Molech, to get possessed by demons, to do temple prostitution, and then to burn a couple of children alive to this demon God, who by the way, gave them power. Not fake power, real power, okay? That's once again, we don't understand this because we live in a, an age where the veil is very thick. But back in those days, man, it was power on power. And back in those days, there was never the question of, uh, um, did God create the world? It's which God created the world? It's never a question of, of did God create the world? It's which God? So that's why when God delivered Moses, everybody say he's getting there. I'm helping you. I'm giving you some, con when, 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 when Moses went to deliver the children of Israel, what did he have? God gave him a what? He gave him a staff, the rod of God, representing authority. When he went into Israel, the whole thing about the 10 plagues was that was basically a war on all of Egypt's gods. So Moses has his staff representing the authority of God. You ever thought about this? So Moses, 
one of the, the first big battles, the first big test, come on, I bet you pay $15 to go see this. <laughs> he, what does he do? He throws, he throws down his staff, it turns into a, a serpent. But what is the magician? See, we think, oh yeah, magician's magic, like David Copperfield, like illusion, ooh, I can fit in this box. No, that's not what magic was. Back in antiquity, it was like real dark power. Remember what the shamans or the sorcerers of Egypt did? They threw their sticks down and made them serpents as well. But what? Moses' serpent ate there. How many pay $15 for that, right? How many of you know? I guarantee you that would sell out quicker than any playoff game this weekend right there. Like, just think about that. Think about that. We just read over these stories because we read them in Sunday school. Like that really happened. That was antiquity. That what was going on. Moses turns a river to blood. They're, they're able to do that too. Do you see? So here comes the Amalekites. This is Satan's first line of defense. One of his first battles from God's children being called out and they're gonna to try to stomp out the seed right here. They're gonna to try to wipe them out. Israel didn't attack them, they attacked Israel. But look, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow we'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his, up his hands, look at this, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Look, Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other. So that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll is something to be remembered and make sure, look at this, Make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And here's what you see in some of these tribes, not all of them. Some of these ancient tribes, if they go to war, God's like, you know, spare the children and the whoever and, and you know, anyone else that'll join us. Some of these tribes, God's like, they all have to go because their, their propensity for evil, their, their, the genet, what had been happening to them, that's what they, they were beyond, until Jesus could come out, they were beyond conversion, so to speak. So this is why you see some of these tribes where God's like, you have to wipe out all of them. That's why he says, listen, if you intermarry, if you allow any of them to, to live, they're not gonna convert to your ways, you're gonna convert to their ways which is basically the book of Judges that we're gonna be talking about in March, okay? So God's like, look, blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven, look, Moses built an altar and called it what? The Lord is my banner, or Jehovah Nisi. What does Nisi mean? It means to raise up. The Lord is my banner. And look what he said, he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. So this was Satan's army, so to speak, to try to stomp out the seed of God so that the Redeemer could not come. This is what that means when it says, 
because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. What that means is this, whatever the Amalekites banner was, okay, whatever their Molech banner, whatever their signs were, they attacked Israel, and then when they set the stage for war, what they did was they held up this banner and they held up their fist or their hands in whatever that sign was. And what that basically was is this is a death match to the end. In other words, if we are here to stomp out God's people, to wipe them from the face of the earth. Now imagine Israel, imagine Israel quick. They just got delivered from slavery. They weren't warriors. The Amalekites are warriors. They had superior weapons, all that kind of stuff. So imagine Joshua and the children of Israel and Moses like, okay, you gotta go fight. First of all, you know they were like, what you mean go fight? You know, you need to do some of that stuff you were doing back in Egypt. We need some snakes and some plagues and you know what I'm saying? We'll part some rivers and drown some people. You know what I'm saying? What you mean we go, we going to fight? Don't ever forget, it's God's power, but you gotta participate. You want that banner raised? You have to go all in. You've gotta raise the banner. So watch, Moses said, no, you're gonna fight, but I'm gonna go up to this hill, and when you get down there ready to go to battle, I want you to look up at this hill. So imagine, Joshua, all the soldiers, you know they're scared. Here's the Amalekites, man, these are like brutal, Warriors, and I mean, they're down there, they got their stuff. <laughs> you know, they got their weapons, and they're about to fight, and the Amalekites are raising their banner, and all of a sudden, Joshua and the Israelites, they look to the top of the hill, and they see Moses do this. And he raises, watch, he raises the rod of God, the symbol of God's power the symbol of God's authority. And they're looking down up at Moses and they that's the rod that turned the rivers to blood. That's the rod that defeated all the gods of Egypt. That's the rod that parted the Red Sea. It, what was it? That was their banner. Do you see? The authority, in other words, they didn't have a sign to put up. They didn't have anything like that. That's why Moses named it, the Lord is our banner. He raised his hands like this in an act of surrender with the authority of God. That inspired, it rallied Joshua and the troops. And watch this, as long as Moses' hands were up, they would win. But look, but when his hands went down, the enemy would win. So this is very interesting. When the enemy was winning, they didn't call in for more reinforcements or troops or better weapons or anything like that. You know what they said? You know what they focused on? Moses' hands. Thank God he had two friends. That's why I always, that's what, what have we been talking about. 2018, if you wanna see God move like never before, you have to have one or two church friends that can help you when you get weary, that can steer you in the right direction. Come on. Because we all get weary. But I'm telling you that whatever that weariness is for you, maybe it's that unforgiveness that we've been talking about. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a pain that you can't get over. Maybe it's whatever that thing is. I'm telling you, man, if you, listen, if you will get yourself, I'm gonna show you this. If you will raise the banner of the Lord, if you'll just have a couple of people that are gonna help lift 
the banner of the Lord over you, I'm telling you, God is gonna set you free. He's gonna give you victory over those things this year. This is the year we're raising the Lord's banner. So watch. So look. So they go. I love it too. They even went an extra step. They like got him a chair. You know, like, you know, one of those nice stones back in the day. He's sitting on a stone. Don't ever complain about your cushy seat. <laughs> they sit Moses on a stone. I love it. And they just hold up his hands. Look, his hands are raised. He's holding up the banner, the authority of the Lord. And all he had to do was hold his hands up and God fought his battles and they won. Do you see? Do you know you have something that is much more powerful and has a whole lot more authority than Moses' staff? That's the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, watch. In the New Testament, God, now God replaces our authority as believers. He replaces that staff with, with something even better, the name of Jesus. It's the same thing, the Lord himself is our banner. But you remember this, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Everything that's coming against your life that's trying to knock you out, that's trying to get you away from God. The Amalekites in your life that are trying to push you away from God, I'm telling you, at the name of Jesus, it will bow, God will move that mountain, he will do that miracle. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too short that he can't save. He just needs you to lift him up. So watch. Watch. So how do I raise the banner? Well, your posture is how you raise the banner. You wanna know why the Bible Paul talks about in Timothy? I want men and women everywhere to pray, lifting holy hands without wrath and doubting. Do you know the whole, doubting or doubting? Do you know the whole concept of lifting your hands and raising your hands in the sanctuary comes from this passage of scripture right here. When you're raising your hands, yes, it's a sign of strength. When you raise your hands, you know what you're saying? I'm raising the banner of the Lord. It's the same thing as Moses raising that staff right there. When we worship God, when we raise that, in fact, some Hebrew scholars talk about, if you'll see them like the very raising of the hands, it's like it, you're setting a seat, you're setting a throne for God to sit upon. That's why the Bible says what the Lord inhabits, the praises of his people. I'm telling you, when you come in to worship God, lifting your hands is far more than just, hey, whatever. <laughs> no, you're saying, Lord, I'm lifting your banner, the name of Jesus over my life. And God, I'm gonna worship you in the face of this adversity, and I'm gonna watch you fight my battles for me. Okay, so how do we do that real quick? How do we do that real quick? That's what we talk about. Okay, every day, you wanna raise the name of, of Jesus over your life? 
every day. That's why we talk about a daily diva. We're gonna be talking about the, some Wednesday. You have a time with God. Well, you know, that's why prayer, that's what prayer is. Prayer, time of the work. When you think about this, with prayer and daily devo, what do you have? You have your hands raised and you got the sword. Joshua, put them down with the sword. I'm telling you, every day you can raise the banner of the Lord over your life and God is gonna fight your battles. Some of you have been facing every day like this. God's ready for you to face it like this. How are you gonna do Man, that's why we're talking about a weekly worship service. Look, if you can go to Sunday and Wednesday, great. They're different messages. But if your week's too crazy or whatever, if you just make one, you want what to raise the banner, what the team had to be all in. You've got to make, look, there's some things you have to go beyond agreement and into conviction. I want this year, man, I want to lift the name of the Lord. That's what we do in corporate worship. We're raising our hands. We're lifting the banner of Jesus. And we're declaring that God is going to win our battles, that Jesus is greater than anything we're facing. Are you following me? Here's what I'm trying to, to, to say. In 2018, look, get your hands up. What's that song? Get your hands up, get your hands up. What, isn't there a song like that? There's not? Get your hands up. Some of y'all are like, there is, but I don't want to tell you there is because then you're going to sing it, you're going to ruin it for me because when I hear it in my car, I'm going to think of you. Let me go... Let me give you these real quick, and then we're closing. Listen, <clears throat> God's power comes through posture. God's power comes through posture. God's power doesn't come like this. It comes like this. Daily Devo, weekly worship. Where's my Aaron and her in case I get weary? What are those area, what, what, what's your area of, listen, whatever the thing is that you're fighting, God wants you to rest. Come on, aren't you, Moses said on a stone, come on, Jesus is our rock too. You're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Get your hands up. It comes through posture. And our posture is how we raise the banner of the Lord. Our posture of prayer and worship, you can write these down, but you're not gonna have time. Our posture of prayer and worship just follow me here. Look, remember this. The right posture puts you in the right position. How many of you, you don't have to nod your head, but you, you are out of position in 2017. God wants to put you back in position in 2018. That comes through the right posture. His power comes through his posture. He wants to put you in the right position. Number three, proper posture determines perspective. Some of you are not seeing things right. You're seeing something as a problem. It's not a problem. It's an opportunity. You're seeing something that you think you need. God's like, no, you don't need that. I got something better for you. You're looking at something like it's holding you back. And God's like, no, this is the very thing that I'm going to show my power through when you learn how to lift your hands and raise me as a banner. If you can just break out of your you're, you're thinking, if this year you can go into this year with, with a new mindset, and if you can say every, here comes this temptation. Listen, don't, uh, no. God, I surrender to you right now. And I set the name of Jesus to fight this battle 
for me. And God, I thank you that greater is he who is in me than all this junk and lust and temptation in the world. We're going to do it this way, not this way. Can I have a good amen? We're going to do it this way. And the last thing is, look, your posture, your posture determines the product. Here's what I mean by your product. Moses' posture, it determined the product, you could say, of a win, of a successful battle, of Israel being free. I'm telling you, some of you, you got a bad product out of your life in 2017. You're gonna have a winning product, come on, in 2018, and we're gonna raise that banner and there's gonna be a lot to celebrate. You're gonna see God's hand move like never before. How many of you believe that this year, huh? Let me, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you right now. I'm gonna ask, please, no one leave. Come on, we're practicing good church manners the first Sunday. Just give us a few moments. So here's, here's what I wanna ask. Then I'll, I'll, I'll lead us all in a prayer. Here's what I wanna ask. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I need you to be honest. I need... Some of you, Jesus has not been the banner over your life. Other things have been. But you realize that the only way for God's love and God's power and God's salvation, his banner of salvation, it's it's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. So if you've never really received Jesus, surrendered, really raised Jesus as the banner over your life, if you've never surrendered to him, I'm gonna give you that opportunity right now. Or maybe you've wandered far from God and you kind of need to re-surrender. Raise that banner of Jesus over your life as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to slip up a hand real quick at all of our locations. Yes, 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 yes. Hands up, I love it. I love it. Just keep them up because you know what you're doing? That's the, when someone raises their hand for salvation or rededication, for many people, it's the first time where they're raising the banner of the Lord. You can put those hands down. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. I want everyone to look up here. Open your eyes real quick. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. Church, this year, this is saying, Lord, I'm confident and I depend on you. What I need from you is to be all in. I need you to do your best for a daily Devo, a weekly service. Make sure you got a couple of good friends that are gonna be a positive influence on you. And what if it's unforgiveness, whatever that issue is, make that thing, the thing that no more of this, uh uh-uh. I'm surrendering. I'm trusting in God's power. I'm trusting, I'm God's, the Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's some people gonna get free from stuff you've never gotten free from. You're gonna get free this January, right here in the season of prayer and fasting. In Jesus' name, we're gonna do it like this. We're gonna do it like this. We're raising the band. So as I'm gonna ask everyone, I want you to lift up your hands. Come on, we're raising the banner. Our posture, our posture, we're surrendered. We're trusting in the Lord to fight our battles. We're raising the banner of Jesus. I want you to repeat this prayer. Repeat it after me, after me, and I'm gonna kind of include part of this prayer to 
be for those of you who raised your hand to surrender your life to Jesus. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And Jesus, I raise you as the Lord and Savior of my life. God, I trust in your power and I depend on you to fight my battles and to bring freedom and healing in my life. Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. Thank you for a fresh start and a new day and eternal life. And 2018 will be a banner year for you are my banner in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.